Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The Adam Shine Podcast. Ah, yes, episode 34 of the Adam Shine Podcast, and we are extra fired up to be with you. Got an amazing guest this week. Cousin Sal is with us. We'll get into the creation of Cousin Sal. He is so entertaining on all of his podcast work on the NFL on Fox. You know him forever on Jimmy Kimmel's show. He is amazing when it comes to picking games. Cousin Sal is the featured guest this week. We got an unbelievable fantasy story. Bob, Stu, and I will pick the NFL games against the spread. I want to start the Adam Shine podcast this week with the NFL MVP sweepstakes. And listen, Vegas officially changed it, and Patrick Mahomes is the favorite. Patty Mahomes is now the favorite for NFL MVP, and he should be. But remember, if you heard the third episode we did this football season with Barry Wilner, who's in charge of all the Associated Press Awards, there's no list, which I hate, and you only vote for one. You now have a solid 10-11 candidates. You have Mahomes, you have Rodgers, you have Murray, you have Big Ben, you have Ross, Josh Allen, Tom Brady. How about Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook? How about Aaron Donald? Even at number 11, my guy Derek Carr. And that's not an arbitrary order I just gave you. That's how I would list it right now by the hair on my chinny-chin-chin. And I refuse to get even pinned down or bogged down on this is my guy right now because it's all subject to change. For a long time, Russell Wilson was the guy. Listen, after you don't throw a touchdown against the Rams, and you know I love the Rams last week, and you turn it over three times against Buffalo, you can't be in my... Top four candidates. I I think Mahomes is having another MVP season. He's like LeBron or Mike Trout. I mean, he's number one or two for MVP every single time he plays. Rodgers is still remarkable, even though the game against Jacksonville was sweaty. The Kyler Murray, Murray miracle. I mean, this guy's putting up ridiculous numbers and ridiculous moments and ridiculous wins as a thrower of the football and running it. It's incredible. If if the Steelers are undefeated, of course Ben Roethlisberger's in the conversation. They can't run the ball lick in Pittsburgh, and Ben's been awesome. Josh Allen had another MVP game, and then Kyler one-upped him. You know, if the Bucks end up doing some big things in terms of the win-loss total when it's all said and done, and they've had moments of frustration, but, you know, you got to consider Tom Brady for the award when you start talking about value Alvin Kamara has been remarkable this year. And Mike Lombardi from The Athletic, he had a a great piece on Kamara as the leader for MVP at the midway point. I don't agree with that, but he's on my short list. And my short list is getting longer by the minute. Kamara's been unbelievable. And, you know, if they win all these games without Drew Brees, I mean, Kamara, I think, has even more credibility. What if Dalvin Cook runs the... Vikings to the playoffs, don't think that's going to happen, but Cook has been unreal. Donald, I mean, they should name Defensive Player of the Year after him, and the Rams, arguably the team to beat. I mean, look at the NFC, 
and he's the most valuable, dominant, important player on the L.A. Rams. So this list is amazing. The quality of candidates amazing. I wish there was an actual list when we voted, but I agree with Vegas. Mahomes would be my number one, but we have a long ways to go. And I think that we've talked Mahomes and we've talked Rodgers consistently. Ben Roethlisberger and Kyler Murray absolutely positively belong in this category, in this sentence, with great and realistic chances to take home the MVP trophy at the end of the season. On the other side, you guys are going to love this. The legendary Cousin Sal, the featured guest on the Adam Shine Podcast. Hey, everyone. This is former NFL linebacker and current SiriusXM NFL radio host, Kirk Morrison. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, Total Coverage. Each week, I'll be joined by some of the greatest minds in the game as we explore the hows and the whys behind the week's biggest results. Whether we're breaking down player techniques, game plans, or coaching philosophies, we'll explain the details that define our favorite performances. New episodes will be available every Tuesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. The featured guest this week on the Adam Shine Podcast. You know him, you love him, you can't get enough of him. My guy, the great Cousin Sal. Sal, how are you? Am I really the featured guest? You've fallen on tough times, Adam. I feel bad here, but thank you. The the first six people we called all said no. They had prior commitments. You know, Simmons booked them. (laughs) You know, there there were all sorts of problems. Actually, (laughs) it was kind of funny because I was trying to get some guys on, and they said, look, I'm locked in for the Extra Points Podcast Network, and our producer Bob Stew had to say, well, that's funny. We've got the we've got the co-founder, Cousin Sal on. So there's so much I want to talk to you about, but I got to tell you, the Extra Points Podcast Network, it's outstanding. That's got to be an unbelievable and a thrilling and a fun venture for you. Yeah, it is fun. It's a lot of, you know, getting getting off the ground is always tough. And, uh, you know, I was like, um, I've never tried to start a business during a pandemic. And uh, I've taken a lot of risks <laughs> out there. So why not do this? You know, I've, I've lost a lot of bets. This seems like it'd be funny. So uh, we're going forward with it. And, uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, I like talking gambling. I like talking sports and fantasy. And uh, we put it all together. And thank God football has held up for uh, the last 10 weeks or so. Very well said. And I got to tell you, you're doing so many great things. You know, the Extra Points Podcast Network is outstanding. Your role on the Fox Thursday pregame is is just incredible. It's <laughs> it's fun. It's light. I I love when you you rip on your Cowboys. That's always entertaining. You know, your your background is obviously as a comedic writer and obviously you are phenomenal when it comes to football and gambling. How cool is that for you that you're able in that little segment to put it all together in front of that kind of audience? It's great. I mean, it's really like, it, I, I don't want to say like a dream come true, but all I ever wanted was when I was like 16, 17, 18 years old is for strangers to give a crap about my dumb picks. And now they're forced to, because I give a pick at the end of, like you said, I try to do a comedy bit on Thursday nights. Uh, I get a couple minutes and uh, yeah, it's really come together. I got to tell you, like, um, the pandemic has actually helped me book guests because, you know, a year ago, if I was trying to get like Maury Povich to be the button on a comedy bit or <laughs> Leah Remini or someone, and they were doing it over Zoom, everyone would have been like, what the hell is this? This is lazy. But now everyone's so accustomed to it and I could get like a, a pretty big name 
to you know be the uh, be the punchline. Have Joel McHale coming on uh, Thursday tomorrow night, and uh, oh, wow. yeah, so it's it's good. You know, after like uh, you know they they take something for thirty seconds and then they're on, and it's great. It's been a lot of fun, and they're they're a great help there at Fox, and uh, yeah, it's good fun. It really is great. Is that almost surreal for you? And and you've accomplished so much as a writer on air. When when you're doing this piece and then, you know, you're in L.A. and, and you're standing in between Hall of Famer Tony Gonzalez and Hall of Famer <laughs> Terry Bradshaw and Hall of Famer Howie Long, is, is that yeah. almost like a surreal moment for you, Sal? It is very weird, but it, it, it happened like 20 years ago, too, because my cousin Jimmy Kimmel used to do picks for the Sunday pregame show. And oftentimes those guys that you just, not Tony Gonzalez, but Howie and Terry were the butt of his jokes. And a lot of times it went awry to a point where they even put up a poll as to whether or not they should keep Jimmy on the uh, pregame show. They had the <laughs> fans vote. And I, my role was I would just help Jimmy with the picks because he didn't know a lot about football. And I, uh, oftentimes I'd be in the background just pretending to read a Sports Illustrated during his comedy piece. But, yeah, it's uh, – it's uh, it, it's weird, and it was weird 20 years ago, and it's even weirder now that I'm kind of, like, featured on it. And I love that, you know, you were writing for your cousin and with Jimmy and part of his show forever. I just think the world of Jimmy and how he delivers his material and, you know, I, I, I'm kind of mesmerized by him. In your <laughs> opinion, being around him, seriously, there are very few broadcasters I would say I'm mesmerized by. Jimmy is mesmerizing. What's the secret, in your opinion, to his success? Well, his, it, I think the uh, secret, well, he's trying, he's on at 1130. He's trying to put people to sleep, right? I mean, he's the last <laughs> one you see before he goes to sleep. So mesmerizing is an interesting uh, pivot to this. But um, you know what? He has the rare ability. He, he works hard. He's passionate. A, a lot of people are very talented, and their work ethic isn't great. And Jimmy, like, kind of, he's like the funniest guy in the room and he works hard, and he's very focused, and he has, like, a point of view. You know, I mean, he always idolized Letterman and Howard Stern, and those are guys who you could listen to, and you just knew what they thought about breakfast and what they thought about um, concerts and everything. You knew their point of view on everything, and uh, you didn't even realize that that it was being in your your brain so as much as it was – and Jimmy kind of does that, and I, I think he's a, it's a good model to follow. But, um, yeah, I think mean, that's, that's part of it. And also this uh, Trump stuff has really put a little pep in his step. Oh, a lot of pep in his step. That, that has been great for Jimmy, no question yeah. about it. You know, I got to tell you, what you guys do on a daily basis on FS1, on Fox Bet Live, it's, it's great television. And also the clips are great. They have a great presence. You guys have a great presence on social media. I mean, that, this could be the most eclectic group of characters in the history of sports <laughs> television. Is that, is that a fair way to phrase it? What makes the show work as well as it does? You know, it's very weird because none of us really knew each other. The Todd Furman and Clay Travis kind of knew each other. They would do they, – Clay would have Todd on like you're having me on once in a while on his radio show. I didn't know Rachel Bonetta. She didn't know the rest of us. And it just kind of clicked. It was a weird thing. And I think the most important thing is that we don't take ourselves seriously, right? Right, So, like, you could go and they have these sports gambling shows where it looks like, you know, these guys are very serious. And a lot of their segments appear as if they're being uh, – they're taping a hostage video. Like, they're that (laughs) serious about – and I feel like you could go online and get numbers and data and stuff, but – 
Um, I, we try to do it in an entertaining way, and it's competitive. It's me, and it's Todd, and it's Clay, and we're playing against each other every week. And it's very competitive in, in a good way because I now have to actually gamble less money because I have so much at stake on the show on mm-hmm. the, with fake money. That, that's not to say that I don't have tens of thousands of dollars out there on dumb teasers and stuff, and including my stupid Cowboys uh, for week to week that I lose on. But uh, it does uh, make for an interesting – people don't realize how competitive it gets and the text exchanges. And the, the text exchanges should really be what's broadcast because it, it, gets, uh, it gets filthy and it gets very intense. <laughs> I could imagine that, knowing the personalities involved. It, it's got to <laughs> be fun. You know, and the other thing that you do that is just off the charts – the guess the lines that you've done forever with with Bill Simmons. And, yeah. you know, it almost reminds me of, like, Mike and the Mad Dog back in the day. Win, loss, loss, win. <laughs> but this is more creative and fun guessing the point, li- the point spread on a game for an upcoming week. How the hell did you guys come up with that concept? And did you ever think it was going to be as popular as it is? No, I mean, well, we didn't even know what a, what a podcast was at the time. And, you know, so Jimmy, my cousin Jimmy, was a fan of Bill Simmons when he wrote for page two for ESPN. He had this, com- this column called Ramblings, and he would just hit like 15 different pop culture slash sports um, stories. And Jimmy was like, this is kind of what I want my show to be like, just hit on a bunch of things. And he hired Bill and got him to move from Boston, which is a pretty big chore for him at the time. Uh, Moved from Boston to L.A. He wrote on the show. Uh, I shared an office with him, and we shared a love for sports gambling, and we would do that. We would just do exactly that. Like Sunday nights, we would guess the lines. And then when you know podcasts came into, uh, into light, Bill said, let's do this on a podcast, and we've been at it for like uh, 14 years. And we, we don't cheat. We don't look at the lines ahead of time. We guess, and then we look at what, uh, what um, Fandle has come out with, and we, we see, and he's beat me now seven out of ten weeks which is bad because i'm supposedly supposed to be doing this for a living so i, <laughs> I, 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 gotta, I can I tell you up. you're a little annoyed by it sal you're a little annoyed <laughs> that he's beat you seven out of ten weeks yeah well maybe i should just cheat right i mean who the hell would know right i'll, I'll just i'll just pick the right <laughs> number after he says his but no yeah we take that seriously too and a lot of times it gets i don't know if you do that i mean do you play yourself like uh, in a lot of ways it's it dictates who you like for the week like to me a hundred percent a game like the Dolphins only laying three points to the Broncos, I was like, God, that's fishy. Why, why, why isn't that five or six? Everybody loves the Dolphins. Everyone's betting Tua. The Denver quarterback locked through four interceptions, and he's probably not even going to play this week. So I, I don't know. So there are some that it, it sparks uh, a, a, some creative um, discussion based on what you thought the line would be and what it actually is. A hundred percent. And that kind of like shapes you for the entire week. And like, why was it there? And why is it moving? And why is this happening? And I think that's part of the hook of what you and Bill do so well on, on Sunday nights for you, especially this season. Yeah. Are the Dallas Cowboys, you I know that's your team. And I thought they were going to be great this year, and I could have been more wrong. Is the comedy portion at least therapeutic for you? It is a little bit, although I, I do grow tired of the whole NFC East. You know what I get sick of now when, when people are like, hey, your team could still win the division. I'm like, oh, 
and, and they're not wrong. You know what I mean? Like the Eagles are not exactly lighting the world on fire. They had a chance to separate themselves from the Giants last week. They didn't. The Giants are probably playing the best ball in the division. But Dallas now on their fourth quarterback, and now I guess we're going back to Andy Dalton at Minnesota. Yeah, it's just a comedy of errors. I'm with you, Adam. I had them. There was a bet that who would have the most wins in the NFL. I was like, it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to go 13 so and 3. Too. Yeah, I thought they yeah. were going to get the one seed, Sal. Yes. The Chiefs will fall off. And then when we saw, and Dak, terrible injury, but they weren't going to do anything with or without him. Uh, Mike McCarthy has been a disappointment, although I guess he gets a pass with all the injuries. Zeke looks like a shell of himself. Like Tony Pollard is the better of the two backs right now. And defensively, you got guys out there who probably shouldn't even be in the league. Like, I think next year, you're going to see like three of those guys. They'll never play again after uh, this year. I don't want to name any names, but... Jalen Smith doesn't know how to tackle. Like, I, I just have trouble <laughs> with a lot of what's going on with this team. And worst of all, they're, like, they're locked into a lot of these big salaries. So it's going to be lean years coming up, I think. Who do, who's going to win this historically atrocious and pathetic division? I still think the Eagles. And I look at it, and they have, a, uh, they have the roughest of schedules. And by that, I mean they only play two more division opponents. Whereas, like, the Giants, I think, play three, and Dallas plays three. But if the Eagles could get by the Browns this week, they still have that win advantage of these team, over these teams. You're looking at, like, I think a 6-9-1 and one division winner, and that's the Eagles. Why? Who do, you, who do you give it to? I give it to the Eagles, and I, I still give it to the Eagles, and I don't know why I give it to the Eagles. I, I mean, I think that, that – and I called Wentz a great quarterback, and I thought last year down the stretch, four division wins, great. I was going to vote mm-hmm. for him for MVP before he tore up his knee – I mean, Sal, he's been atrocious this season. Yeah. He's been awful. Yeah, 16 turnovers. In fact, he, but he didn't have one against the Giants. He just didn't do much. I know I, when I take the Eagles, I'm not really betting on Wentz here. I'm betting on their defense that shows up, and I'm betting on their running game. I think like Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, they had over 150 combined last week. I think we'll see more of that out of that team, and especially uh, this week against Cleveland. They'll match them. Uh, run for run. By the um, way, that's yeah. a point spread this week that I've followed since the opening line, which was Cleveland at home favored by two, and now it's already up to three and a half. What do you make of that? Yeah, well, these are two teams. You talk about teams I bet on that I traditionally lose on. This is These might be uh, 1A and, and 1B right here. So I definitely like the Eagles in a, in a spot better getting points if you can get – Three and a half. I mean, it could be a field goal game. It could go. We know the Browns don't care about covering, right? We saw Chubb run out of bounds. So um, that's a little disheartening if you're going to bet the Browns. Um, so I, I would take the points in this situation because I think it's a similar team. The, the Browns are the third worst passing team in the NFL. So I think it's going to be run, run, run um, for both sides. And uh, maybe the Eagles force a, a big turnover down the end. I'm curious what line you guessed on Baltimore, Tennessee, and who you like in the game with the points this week. It's an interesting game, right? Because, you know, you could, everybody wants to go by what happened last week. I'll, I'll look right now to tell you what I had. Uh, I guessed six. Simmons guessed six, and it was actually seven. Um, I get it. The Ravens want revenge. The Titans knocked them out of the uh, playoffs last year. That was a big upset. Uh, Ravens coming off a loss against New England. They can't possibly look as bad as they did Sunday night. That said, the Titans, look what beat the Ravens last Sunday. It was Damian Harris. It was a very physical running game out of the Patriots. You're going to get that times 
10 with uh, Derrick Henry and the uh, Titans. Now, the Ravens' offense could get well against that Titans' secondary, but I think seven or six and a half or whatever it ends up being is too many points. This could be a field goal game. This could be a Guskowski miss uh, to, to lose the game, so I would take the points here. Yeah, I would definitely take the points. I actually, and I started, I tried to do this on Sunday knowing you were coming on. I would have totally missed on this one. I thought it was going to be closer to five and a half, and you said six. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a competitive game. I wouldn't even be surprised if Tennessee won. How about Kansas City and Vegas? Do you think the Raiders can cover this weekend? Well, the Raiders are definitely better than I thought they were like three weeks ago, and they probably had their most complete game. They beat the Chiefs. That was a great game, too, for them, but their most complete game against Denver last week. That said, you're going to see so many stats about Andy Reid coming off a bye against the spread straight up. I think he's 4-1 uh, and one against the spread in his last five after bye, and, and it's com- – Coincidentally or not, it's the Raiders almost every time after a bye. I think it's where the Chiefs separate themselves from the Raiders. They can go three up in that division, and I think there's just too much firepower in Kansas City. Tyreek Hill is, you know, back at his first 100-yard game last week before the bye against Carolina. It's nice that they worked in James Edwards-Alaire, but I think they know the bread and butter of their offense is throwing to Hill, throwing to Kelsey, and I think it's just going to be too many points, like, like a 38-28 final. I like the Chiefs. I'm curious what we were thinking last week when Kingsbury didn't kick the extra point and when Nick Chubb <laughs> decided not to score the touchdown. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking, how do you explain this to someone who doesn't watch football or someone from a different land or just like all the emotions involved in that crazy drive with the Bills? Every receiver made the catch of his life down the stretch, including Diggs across the end zone. And then for uh, Kyler Murray to throw that crazy Hail Mary and, uh, and for, uh, for Hot, New Hopkins to come down with it. And then you're right. So they're up two, and it was the right call. These keep being the right call. Like, uh, like Chubb not uh, stepping out of bounds and not scoring, that's the right call. Um, taking a knee for, uh, for Josh Allen, that was the right call. But I know a lot, a lot of uh, Cardinals backers that, that ruined their weekend completely by not at least kicking the field goal for a point or the extra point. What did you think of that? <laughs> Honestly, the extra point I thought was right. I couldn't fathom the math on the Chubb one. Like in moment to me, I'm a, score. I mean, because yeah. and also feel of the game. Houston wasn't coming back in that one. You know, I yeah. can appreciate completely Kingsbury, but you know, as someone, you know, I pick every game on the air, Sal. Uh, as mm-hmm. someone who was convinced that uh, that Cleveland was going to cover, yeah, I wanted <laughs> Nick Chubb to score that touchdown, Sal. Well, also, why did he step out at the two? Like, with that much acceleration, why didn't he go down at the 35? Like, I wonder how it clicked. Maybe it took all that time for it to click. Also, he steps out of bounds. He doesn't even take a knee at the two. You know what I mean? It was, it was there was weird. a lot going on. I, I said on Simmons, it reminded me of Forrest Gump when they couldn't get Forrest <laughs> to stop running. He would return the touchdowns, and he would go right through the tunnel, and the crowd had to uh, hold up signs that said stop. That spelled out stop. I wonder if that's what happened with Nick Chubb. But yeah, it's, uh, it's amazing because everyone was excited to have him back on their fantasy team. All the Browns minus three and a half backers were excited to have him uh, return. And uh, he really ended up screwing them. You know, I was a solid 10, nine games over 500 for a while, picking every game this season. Then mm-hmm. week nine, I won three. I mean, week nine really? kicked my ass like no other. I went 8-5-1 last week, 71-70-6 on the season. 
you know, does that count this year in your expert opinion? One game over 500, you know, no fans in the stands. Is that, is that a record I could sell as, as a good thing? Yes. I think so. I think you could, uh, you could replace uh, Clay Travis on our show. Please do that. I'm going to look into that, by the way, that I think that's a good enough record to, uh, to launch you into a, a sports gambling show. No, I think it is tough this year. First of all, you mentioned it. Is there home field advantage? I don't really see it at all. Aside from like weather and traveling, not going to see. I don't think even in Tennessee or wherever where they're allowed to have 9,000 fans doesn't make a difference. Also, this is the third, one of the top three years for road underdogs um, covering. Like they've covered close to 68, 70%, and uh, only two out of 28 years have they had a better record road underdogs. And it's hard to, when you look at your pool sheet, in the beginning of the week or in the middle of the week to circle those road underdogs, right? You're just a train to go against the worst team. You're going to go. Now, for instance, I love Nick Mullins last week, plus nine and a half over the Saints. A lot of crazy circumstances led to the Saints, uh, uh, the 49ers not covering. But um, that to me, then I went a little overboard taking road underdogs. So you really have to pick and choose your spots. But I would say one game over 500. Uh, you should take a victory lap now. It's pretty I'm good. Gonna, I'm going to retire after this, after you say that that's good. <laughs> now, Sal, final question for you. And, yeah. you know, for radio, TV, I'm always buttoned up facts. You know, for podcasts, I've learned the best podcast is not about being buttoned up. It's about just letting it fly and letting it loose. And that's the way it works. So I, I, I was Googling where you grew up because I was going to ask you a Mets question. And I yeah. stumbled upon this. You were a real estate lawyer? Is that true? <laughs> I mean, can I, I hire Brooklyn Sound to do my closing? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I graduated college and I had nothing to do. Oh, my cousin Jimmy actually said uh, he was, uh, you'll appreciate this, because he was a DJ in like seven different cities. He got fired year after year before landing in K-Rock in L.A. But uh, one of those gigs was in Tampa, and he wanted me to come out and be a phone screener. And I was like, great, I have nothing going on. And it kind of fell through, so I had to make a decision. I was like, oh, boy, well, now I really don't have anything going on. And I applied to a law school, a local law school. It was accredited. Toro Law, and I got in, and I did not want to be a lawyer. I fought it every step of the way, and then I graduated, and my Jewish mother's like, you're a lawyer. So I was like, oh, geez, I guess I have to be a lawyer now. So I did real estate attorney for like a year and a half, and I just didn't like it. I was pushing papers and just getting people to sign like bank documents, and it wasn't for me. And luckily, uh, Jimmy said, I really actually have a job for you now. He was working on Win Ben Stein's money. And he needed a writer. And I'd always done comedy bits for him on the radio. So he had uh, faith in me. And so that's what got the ball in motion. Yeah, but I was actually a lawyer. That is amazing. I'm like, wait, Cousin Sal was a lawyer. <laughs> this, this I got to hear. And I'm glad that Jimmy, I mean, Ben Stein's money, that, that was a great show. That was entertaining. So you were part of that as well. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I wrote on it. I actually uh, later hosted with Ben um, after Jimmy left. Yeah, a couple of years after. I was, uh, and I ran the show right into the ground. That was it. They canceled it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the way it works. Sal, I got to tell you, this, this is awesome. As you know, Mutual Admiration Society, I'm a huge fan of yours. Keep up the outstanding work. Must watch, must listen. We love the Extra Points Podcast Network. It's outstanding. Keep up the great work, my friend, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Yes, please come on Extra Points sometime soon. We'd love to have you on. I'd love to be on. Sal, you're the best, and we always appreciate it. Best of luck this week picking the games, my friend. Thanks, buddy. Take care.
Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. All you need is a moment to get somebody over. Then the Barak Show keeps you updated on all things boxing. Let's not say that Canelo hasn't fought anybody with fighting guys on the way out. And Jimmy Smith has you covered for mixed martial arts. Do you want to look behind the curtain and see what these guys have to deal with for the amount of money they're making? The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Adam Shine, fantasy football legend. Words cannot even express how angry I am at myself. I promised myself last week after my own podcast I was going to keep the lineup, not make any changes in any way, shape, or form. Remember last week I had Ronald Jones in the lineup. I had Josh Jacobs in the lineup. I had Mark Andrews in the lineup. Instead, I decided to change it because I was worried about Jerry Judy being healthy. Of course, he played, and he was pretty solid with his numbers. So instead, I had Miles Sanders and Duke Johnson and Tyler Boyd and Jarvis Landry, and I torpedoed the entire thing. Not only did I, and and I got to tell you, Bob, you know me, my glass is not, you know, half full. It's overflowing. I love life. You know, Mm. I love my jobs. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my parents, my brother. I have great friends. I am the single most genuinely happiest human being on earth. I've been in a funk ever since I fouled up my (laughs) DraftKings lineup. I mean, Mm. it's like people are like, what's wrong? You know, you know, in the middle of a pandemic, is there something? Is everyone okay? I screwed up my DraftKings lineup, you know. Kids are great. Wife is great. Work's great. Bob Stew's great. Podcast is great. I mean, I, can, can I set a lineup for once and just not change it, Bob? What the hell's going on? You got to know better than this. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for 34 episodes. You can't change your lineup at the last minute, Adam. You can't tinker with it. You can't change it. I was thinking about you as soon as Ronald Jones broke off that 98-yard touchdown run. I was thinking about you, Adam Shine. It's amazing. And I sent Bob a, a text during the games. I took Jones out, and he wrote back, and I quote, I have it pulled up here, that's soul-crushing, literally. So this is, this is why you can appreciate how upset that I am in terms of what to do and, and the fact that I – did it wrong and fouled the whole thing up. And by the way, I, I'm going to finish, and I think it was 17th place out of 20, as opposed to winning the entire damn thing. I'm I'm so annoyed. Which leads us, Bob, to this week. I mean, a lot of different ways to go at quarterback. Mahomes, 7,900. I think that he's going to pour it on in the rematch against Vegas. He's going to be angry. Vegas riding around in those buses, like Andy Reid said, the victory lap. Lamar Jackson against Tennessee. I could see him actually come into play from a fantasy perspective. Justin Herbert has the Jets. Roethlisberger has Jacksonville. But if it's lopsided, short week coming up against Baltimore, would they take Roethlisberger out of the game? You know, I think that Jameis Winston is interesting against Atlanta. You know, but Taysom Hill would scare the hell out of me. I'm going to be honest, Bob. Tua interests me against the Denver Broncos, especially because there's a couple of high-priced running backs I like. So those are some interesting plays, I think, this week going for the quarterback position in DraftKings. 
You have taken Justin Herbert almost every single week. To me, he would be number one. I wouldn't even bother looking at anybody else. I mean, it's Herbert versus <laughs> the Jets. I mean, the Jets are horrible against everybody. They can't cover anybody in the secondary. And guess what? They just caught their starting corner, starter. I use that in air quotes. Pierre Desir. Brian Poole's on the IR. He was the Jets' best corner this year. He's no longer playing. The Jets literally have nobody in the secondary but rookies. Herbert is going to shred the Jets, Adam. I think when you look at this, you have to look at a stack. Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, Hunter Henry. I mean, that is how you've got to start building your lineup this week. That's what I would do. All right. You know, I just did it. Simple as that. <laughs> Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Hunter Henry. You know, and, and at running back, I mean, do you play Camara 9,200 against the Atlanta Falcons? Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. I like to go a little cheaper at running back this week. The running back I'm obsessed with, don't laugh, Damian Harris for 5,700. Damian Harris of the Patriots, he looked awesome against the Ravens. The Texans have the worst rush defense in all of football. You've seen the Patriots the last two weeks, Adam, right? They become a team that's abandoned the pass altogether. They're putting up gaudy numbers on the ground. That's their identity. What they have to do is they got to keep the ball away from other teams to win, right? So that's why they run the ball a ton. Rex Burkhead looked unbelievable. He had 100 yards last week. I mean, to me, Damian Harris versus the Texans. I also like Clyde edwards Lair against the Raiders. I know Cousin Sal said the Chiefs know where their bread is buttered in the passing game. I know, I know. But you got to expect CEH to have a few catches. The Raiders' rush defense is terrible. There should be a big number on the board for Chiefs Raiders. How about, Ron, how about Ronald Jones after that uh -oh. awful story? <laughs> now, he's going against the Rams. You can run on them. Should be a great competitive game. Ooh, I, I love Damian Harris this week. How about Ronald Jones, 5,900? I kind of feel like that game's going to be a little of a slop fest, Adam. I think it's going to be low scoring, to be honest. I know what the number says, too, for Vegas. I just, I think that game's going to play out a little differently. I, I wouldn't touch that game at all unless you were choosing, again, don't laugh, the Rams' defense I like this week. They're only 2,600. As I said, sloppy, low-scoring game, something like 23-20, to 20, and the Rams are so cheap, 2,600 against the Bucs. Tom Brady has struggled against great defenses, Adam. He struggled against great secondaries. Bob, don't laugh. Don't laugh to back you up. The two defenses I had circled, were the Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> going up it, against going it. up against Washington? Oh, I love it! I love so you and I are on the same page again today, Adam. I'm loving that. I mean, I think there are a lot of good plays this week, but I think as long as you're building your lineup with the Chargers, I know the Chargers they disappoint every single week. It seems if you're building your lineup with the Chargers against the Jets. I feel like you can build out a proper lineup this week. Wide receiver, I'll tell you, and, and he's he could be the front runner for offensive rookie of the year. How about Justin Jefferson at the top of that list going up oh. against Dallas? Oh, Adam, I love that. $6,000 against the Cowboys. You know he's going to find the end zone eventually. Cousins loves him. 135 yards against the Bears. The Bears are an elite defense. Dallas is not an elite defense. Dallas does not have an elite secondary. Justin Jefferson, Adam, you nailed it. I think he's going to be a monster. I would also go back to the well one more time. Brandon Cooks. He's only $5,200 against the Patriots. I think the Patriots have one of the worst defenses in all of football, Adam. They are... They just can't stop anybody in the air. They can't stop anyone on the ground. It's just not the same team we're used to with Bill Belichick. That's where I would go for wide receiver. All right. So as I'm paying attention here, here's what I have as a current lineup. Herbert, Harris, Ronald Jones, mm. Allen, Cooks, Jefferson, Hunter Henry, 
Yes. And the Bengals defense, <laughs> which leaves me with 6,100 to play with for a final spot. Ooh. I could I like go Claypool. Oh, he's been so good. I could go Robbie Anderson. He's been great this season. One of the top Mike receivers in the game. Evans is tough against eh, I would the stay Rams. away from that. I would stay away. Don't do it. Don't do it. Too many weapons for Brady. Too many weapons. Uh, Claypool is kind of dreamy against Jacksonville, right? Yeah. I mean, Jacksonville to me is the worst in terms of the passing defense in the NFL. They literally can't stop anybody. You did see Rodgers feast. You know what the only issue was last week with the Packers? They just they couldn't stop Jacksonville's offense, so Rodgers didn't get the points he should have, although Devontae Adams still had a massive game. But, yeah, I mean, Jacksonville's pass defense is terrible. You've got to think Claypool's a dreamy matchup. Another guy kind of like in a flex, Adam, Naheem Hines is only 5,200. Speaking of the Packers' terrible rush defense. I saw that, yeah. That's cheap. I know people are, you got to be worried. You got to be worried about Wilkins. You got to be worried about Taylor potentially sneaking in those goal line rushes. I think that's what it comes down to. I like the risk. They're running Hines at the goal line. I would play him for 5,200. I actually just punched him in instead of Ronald Jones. You know, it's interesting. You know, if I do that, I Mike Davis running uh, the ball against Detroit yeah. is, is pretty sweet. It's not bad. No McCaffrey. He could have a huge game. I mean, he, he would be a great matchup against Detroit. They can't stop anyone either. You know, also on the flip side, you have DeAndre Swift going up against the Carolina Panthers. I did look at Swift also. He is properly priced. I do like him, too, as a play this week, Adam. All right. All right. So I, Good see luck. I, we'll see how I screw it up this week. I mean, right <laughs> now I have Herbert. Harris, Hines, Allen Cooks, Jefferson, Henry Swift, and the Cincinnati Bengals. Boy, Cincinnati Bengals. That, that. that is dangerous. That is dangerous. That's Ugh. living dangerous. You know, I the more and more you talk about the about the Rams, the more and more I kind of like that. We'll we'll see if I have the guts to actually play the Rams against Tom Brady. We'll we'll get into some NFL picks against the spread right after this. Hey, everybody, this is Fran Frischella, host of the podcast World of Basketball. The game of basketball has truly become a global game. Markovic fires it into Mickey, and somehow it goes in. Each week, I talk with the players, coaches, and executives who have led the way in growing the game of basketball around the world. Real Madrid have stolen victory from the jaws of defeat. Episodes are available every Thursday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. Adam Shine, not telling you to wager on football, but here we go. Bob, these games, week 11 in the National Football League, are just off the charts amazing. And on the heels of that stinker, which was just offensive to the senses, Nick Foles, get the Bears off my TV. I never want to see them play again. That We were light years ahead of the curve on how pathetic and anemic Nick Foles and the Bears' offensive offense is. I am so amped for the primetime games coming up. I am so excited about Seattle, Arizona on mm-hmm. Thursday night. And as we speak on Wednesday afternoon, William Hill has Seattle favored by three. I am fired up for Vegas and for Kansas City. And Kansas City is favored by seven. And how about the Rams and the Buccaneers? Tampa favored by four. So let's hit those three games in primetime. Who you got? 
Don't get me wrong, Adam. I do love the Arizona Cardinals. I just think they've played with fire the last three games. Look, they barely slipped by the same Seahawks team they are playing on Thursday night. And thank God it's the Seahawks again in primetime. They are my favorite team to watch in primetime. Every time they play, it's a nail-biter. It's overtime. It's a last-second touchdown. They are easily the best primetime team. It's not even close. But Arizona, I mean, they've lost to the Dolphins because of some questionable play calling. They needed a Hale Murray to beat the Bills. The Cardinals are great. I think they're going to make the playoffs. They're one of the most fun teams to watch in the NFL. I think Seattle's due to bust out, Adam. I think they're due to bust out of this slump. When the line was five and a half, I love the Cardinals. I thought that was a lock, but now it's three. I mean, three points is not a lot. I like Seattle. I think Russ gets back on track and the Seahawks win that game by a nail-biter. I'll take him to win by four points. Who do you like in the Thursday night football game? I'm thrilled because you never get the <laughs> Thursday night games right, even though you got the last two, which is the yes. first time that's literally ever happened. I like the Arizona Cardinals, and that's not mm-hmm. an overreaction to the Murray Miracle. You know that I <laughs> I love Arizona, picked them to, to win and take care of business. Uh, last time they played, and they did that in overtime on the Zane Gonzalez field goal which was just incredible bob i love the cardinals i've been saying third place when it's all said and done for seattle in the division still good enough to make the playoffs but saying third place so i'm taking arizona when you take a look at thursday night which is great i like when we disagree on on thursday night football Mm -hmm. i think the chiefs can cover yeah you know i love the raiders love the raiders picked them to make the playoffs I think off the bye, and with Andy Reid dangling that carrot of the Raiders were driving around their stadium in a victory lap, I think Mahomes is going to light up the Raiders on Sunday night. Yeah, I think you just nailed all the same talking points that I have for this, Adam. It is a little interesting, though, when you look at what's happened to us this year. We have been burned pretty badly by large favorites this year, Adam. Favorites are not doing well against the spread. It's been killing us, especially when it comes down to it against the spread with our picks. We are 500. You're over 500. And I agree with everything you said, though. I mean, start the buses, Adam. I'm just happy the rivalry matters again. I mean, the Chiefs have waxed the Raiders for several years. I know what happened this year. Look, there was no rivalry. I'm glad it's back. I agree with you. The Chiefs coming off a bye is not fair. It's just not fair. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, an extra week to prepare. Andy Reid was ticked off. You never see that. He was ticked off in the press conference. Victory laps. John Gruden driving the bus around the stadium at Arrowhead. Look, I would love to pick the Raiders. Like, I so badly want to take the Raiders with the seven. It's just, it's Reid and Mahomes. It's off the bye. It's too much. You know they're going to put up a huge number on offense, Adam. Something like 38 points. I'll take them to win the game 38-28. But I agree also, the last primetime game is insane. Rams and Bucks. Who do you like in that one? I think I'm going to take, well, my hesitation is I'm not sure yet who I'm going to pick to win, but I'm leaning on the Rams all the way around. I'm definitely going to grab the points with the Rams. I, I just think the Rams are more consistent week in, week out. Aaron Donald puts his stamp on that game. I think the Rams with Tampa favored by four, I'm going to grab the points instantly with the Rams. Yeah, I also love the Rams. The Bucs have struggled against teams with extraordinary defenses. I mean, look what happened with the Bears with Tom Brady. The Saints wrapped them up a couple weeks ago. That defense looked great. The Rams are an elite defense with an elite secondary. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, they're going to give them fits. The Rams, they can also run the ball. I mean, Andrew Whitworth's injury really worries me, though. It really worries me on offense. The Rams were such a well-oiled machine. They finally avoided the injury bug on the O-line. The Bucs have an elite defense. It might be the best defense in all of football. 
I just think the Rams can do just enough. I'm going to take the Rams to win the game outright, Adam. I liked it. All right, we're on the same page on on those games. How about the Green Bay-Indianapolis one? Bob, that's one of the most intriguing ball games of this entire outstanding season. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, we were doing Mount Rushmore, and what are your Mount Rushmore of games? I mean, Green Bay, Indianapolis, that'd be worthy of its own monument, its own statue, Adam. I mean, that game is going to be unbelievable. Rodgers versus that defense, to me, is the matchup of the week. I love the Colts. Look, don't get me wrong. Rodgers yeah. is front runner for league MVP. I just don't trust the rest of that team. I don't think the Packers will slow down the run game against Indy. But I also think they can do just enough to disrupt the Packers' passing attack. Something was wrong last week. The Packers looked off against Jacksonville. I don't know what it was. They did not look the same on offense. And, of course, defensively, you can control the clock and keep Rodgers off the field. That's how you beat Green Bay. You've seen the formula. That's what the Colts are going to do. They're going to emulate Jacksonville. They'll win the game by a touchdown. I love it. And Michael Pittman is going to remind everyone why the Packers should have drafted him. My Mount Rushmore rankings for this week. Seattle, Arizona is number one. Green Bay, Indy is number two. Rams, Tampa, number three. And even though I think the Chiefs are going to cover, I think the game is going to be amazing. I love that we have this rivalry back. I go with Kansas City and Vegas, Bob, at number four. I can't argue with that, Adam. I can't argue with any of your rankings. It's funny. I also had a fifth game I really wanted to put up there. Tennessee versus Baltimore. Like, that would have been the other one that I would have won for in terms of a Mount Rushmore. But you nailed it. Those are the top four for this week, Adam. You definitely can't argue. These games are going to be amazing in Week 11. Can't wait for it as we are fired up for Week 11 in the National Football League. Thank you for listening to another incredible episode of the Adam Shine Podcast. Cousin Sal, how much fun was that? Bob Stew, sensational. Thanks to our listeners on SiriusXM On Demand, our listeners on Pandora, listeners on Apple and with Stitcher. Please hit the subscribe button, leave a review because you love the Adam Shine Podcast and we love you. You can always catch me each and every weekday on my SiriusXM radio show, Shine on Sports, which airs from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. This is the Adam Shine Podcast. For more from Adam Shine, listen to Shine on Sports on Mad Dog Sports Radio, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.